High Adventure. Tonight's story by Alan Campling is entitled The Last Reward. Farmer's Bank in Amida was knocked over on Thursday, November 16th, as I knew it would be. Just as I knew it would be. By Jason Spring, as I knew it would be. Normally, the Farmer's Bank in Amida has no more than eighty or $90,000 in hand. But on Thursday, November 16th, there was close to a million. Also, as I knew there would be. There were only a few customers about, plus old Harry Schultz, formerly of the city police, retired for two years and picking up a few dollars a month for his so-called security duties. The bank tillers were having an easy time of it. At exactly 8.20 a.m., as I expected, the door to the bank's parking lot flew open, and four men ran in with Mickey Mouse masks concealing their faces. All right, everybody. The bank tillers were ordered to stand two paces back from their counters, too far back to reach the pedals that would sound the alarm in the Amido police station. The accountant, standing in for the bank president who was away on holiday, put his hands up and walked into the open bank vault, escorted by Dingo Donovan and Wally the Patch, who held pistols to his head. Okay. Now everybody else, all you customers, go to the walls. Walk real slow now and you won't get hurt. No sudden moves, right? Okay, get over there. Slow. Slow and easy now. At exactly 8.22, the bank's front door opened again, and a tall, heavily built man in a blue uniform walked in. Freeze, copper! Or I'll waste you. Freeze, I said! The newcomer looked around as if bewildered. His gaze lingered on Officer Schultz, lying face downward on the marble floor of the banking hall. Then his eyes moved to the sergeant's stripes on his own sleeve. It was as if his duties suddenly became irresistibly obvious. Don't go for that gun! I told you to... Okay, if that's how you want it. Oh, not get back. All right, you folks. You're going to stay exactly where you are for ten minutes. You're going to do that for two reasons. One reason, we're taking along with us this stupid copper who blundered in here and didn't have sense enough to do as I said. He ain't dead. Not yet. But if there's any sign that we've been followed before ten minutes is up, I finish him off. Anybody think I won't do it? On the floor, old Fatty Schultz glared murderously at the gangster. He knew what must be done. He assumed that the wounded policeman would die. With a burst from a tummy gun in him, the odds said he must. So as soon as that door closed on the robbers, old man Schultz was going to make a move. And secondly... In case anybody don't care about the wounded police officer, I must tell you that 
One of the customers in this bank. It may be a woman even. There's one of us. Anybody moves before ten minutes is up, he or she takes care of it. Okay, Tinker, Wally, out the door. Take that dummy to feel and copper with you. And try not to let him bleed all over the carpet in that getaway car. Take out so carefully. Two days later, on Saturday morning, November 18, in the city of Wilberton, some of the most valuable and important jewelry in the state was on display in the window of the Harling Gallery, as I knew it would be. Traffic was thinning out because the city's celebration of its 100th anniversary was being officially opened with a parade four blocks away from the jewelry store. In fact, there was hardly anybody about, even though it was 10.24 a.m. Just then, as I had arranged, a fat black saloon turned in from the 4th Street at Main and stopped outside the Harling Gallery. jumped out of the car. One took up a protective position with a tummy gun. The other reached in through the shattered window and scooped out the two trays containing the exhibition jewelry, ignoring the shop's usual display of articles worth a good deal less. Around the corner from 3rd Avenue appeared a heavy-set figure in blue with three stripes on his sleeve. Hey, you guys, hold it right there! The man with the tummy gun swung his weapon towards the policeman without a word. Hey, look out, Sergeant! For a moment, the policeman hesitated. Then his hand went to the holster at his waist. The man with the tummy gun took one step forward and... <laughs> the thief with the trays of jewelry threw them hastily into the back of the car. Then he ran back and grabbed the fallen sergeant by the arm and dragged him into the car under the watchful protection of the tummy gunner, who swung his weapon around the few passers-by, standing petrified by the shock of the attack, and then got into the car which roared away. It was 10.32 a.m., just as I had figured. Ah, oh, gee, Captain Pat, am I relieved to see you. Oh, sit down. And get ready to take some of the saddest notes that you have ever heard. Ah, uh, what's up, Mr. Holden? Insurance business not doing too good these days. Oh, Captain, I don't know what's gotten into the jewelry trade lately. One raid after another, and always when some shop has got an unusually valuable stock on hand. It has to be an inside job. You see, there's been more than one, Mr. Holden. How can that be an inside job? Were the premises close together? Very far apart, Captain Trapp. Well, far apart in distance, anyway, but all within a space of ten days. Uh -huh. Imagine. Eight major jewelry thefts in less than two weeks. Uh, if this keeps up, the insurance company will have to close down. Well, not really, sir. It'd be cheaper to have a really good security firm and stop this kind of thing before it starts. As it happens, I do have a little spare time. Now, now that's why I asked you to come in, Captain Travis. Now, as you know, when you offered your company's security service, I was all in favor of retaining you. I remember how ably you assisted us when you were still on the police force. Well, thanks for the good word, Mr. No, Holmes. No, no. Seems your board of directors didn't think as highly of my security company as you did. Oh, they had nothing against you, Captain. Nothing against your record. It was your fees they couldn't take. Yeah, I've heard that complaint before, sir. Seems there's no satisfying some businessmen. Ask a high fee for a service and they think you're getting a good one. Ask the lowest fees around... Oh, now, don't... that's just it. Your fee was so low, the board couldn't believe the service would be good. Yeah, I get the picture, Mr. Holden. So they paid through the nose for another security company. Yeah, you've had nine major jewelry thefts from stores insured with you in less than a fortnight. Mr. Holden... And not I... nine, Captain Trapp, only eight. And it seems to me... 
Oh, uh, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, Holden speaking. Yeah. It's who? Oh, yeah, yeah. They've what? Oh, not again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how much? How much? Oh, for Pete's sake. Ah, uh, okay. Make the routine report and I'll get the details. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Huh. Imagine. $75,000 worth of jewelry and taken from a shop that usually doesn't have more than... Hey, Captain Crabb. Yes? You did say nine major jewelry raids in less than two weeks, didn't you? When I only knew about eight of them. Well, this is the kind of business conference I like, Mr. Carvin. Hard-working copper like me, even if I do have my own security company now. Well, I just can't run to luxury restaurants like this. I uh, hope you'll enjoy the lunch, Captain Trapp. Fact is, I owe you something of an apology. Huh? I thought a good lunch would help it go down easier. <laughs> a little more wine? Yeah, thank you, sir. Can I uh, guess what the apology's for? Uh, I'm afraid you probably can. The fact is... The fact is that... When you called at my office four months ago and offered me the benefits of your security, sir... Mr. Carvin, I may be able to make this easier by saying it myself. You couldn't believe my service was any good because my fee was less than half of what my competition was asking. Is that right? Less than all of the other security firms. Less than a quarter of the next lawyer. Yes. I must admit... Mr. Carvin, I'm used to this reaction. You couldn't believe I could deliver at such a low rate. Now, let me tell you a secret, sir. Now, you're the chairman of a national chain of banks, and when you retire, you're going to be bored. You think you'll be happy just resting, doing a little fishing, maybe painting. Well, as a retired police captain, I can tell you it doesn't work out that way. I've heard that, yes. <laughs> I've been told that. Uh, do go on. Well, sir, I tried the retirement bit, and I didn't like it one bit. I got a hanging round in bars with other senior officers who'd taken off the uniform and couldn't feel comfortable anymore. So we you just... You bumped yourself into a security company. I see. Well, we figured with more than 100 years of everyday police experience between us, knowing just about every hoodlum and grafter around six cities and seven counties, well, we ought to do a pretty good job. And do it cheap. Uh, yes, yes, so you told me before. But it sounded too cheap, I'm afraid. And then you found five of your branch banks being knocked off and you lost nearly seven million bucks. And five then... branches, Captain Trapp? Five? I'm afraid you've been misinformed. Only four. Well, that's bad enough, but only four. And it was just over six million dollars. Not Mr. Carvin, I know the criminal mind. I know it well. It never sleeps. It's never satisfied. When you leave here after lunch, or the next lunch it was, thank you, the afternoon papers will be on sale. And I'm afraid that the farmer's bank in Boynton was raided this morning. That makes five branches, sir, and it brings the total take to nearly seven million. Like I say, unless something's gone wrong. Mr. Trapp, Captain Trapp, if you look over your right shoulder, yeah. slowly, don't move fast. You will see two very large gentlemen with their overcoats on and their right hands in the park. Yeah, those two. Bodyguards, Mr. Carvin? That wasn't necessary. I hope not. But I fear so, Captain Trapp. I'm not a fool, you know. If a man offers me security service and I turn it down, and soon after the incidence of attacks on my banks goes up sharply, I put two and two together. 
As you say, you have a long connection with the criminal element. And, and two and two have added up to five for you, Mr. Carver. You've got it all wrong. I can prove in any court, sir, that I'm not an accessory to any of these back raids, nor to any of the other major thefts in recent months. But I can assure you, sir, that if you had engaged my security company, they would not have happened. Furthermore, if you sign a contract with my company now, your banks will not be raided again. I couldn't blame Mr. Carvin for jumping to the wrong conclusion, but I was able to demonstrate that at the relevant times I had a watertight alibi, and so had all the other guys in my company. But there's some very suspicious people in this world, and one day one of them sent along Lieutenant Brian Malloy, who was very embarrassed about it all. Now look, Trap, you taught me all I knew. He was a lieutenant when I was a rookie. I just knew you wouldn't ever have done nothing. That That's happened. okay, Brian. You have your job to do. When there's a squeal that I'm fingering jobs for mobsters... Oh, just well, a few routine questions is all, Captain. Sure, routine. And I'll be happy to give you the answers. But first, how would you like to collar the farmer's bank gang? Feather in your cap, right? Me? Oh, boy, I'd get promoted so fast. Oh, but now then, Captain, don't try buying me off your tail by throwing a couple of pasties. Look, I... I, I don't want to sound tough, not with you at any rate, but sir... I... It's okay. I'm giving you the whole deal. All those jobs were pulled by Jason Spring, Dave Donovan, that's Dingo Donovan, and Wally Travis, you got that? And Barry Levine to drive the getaway car. And Carl Winter as a cop. As a what? Yeah, as a cop. See, the way they set it up, Jason heard over the grapevine that some branch of the bank would have an unusually high sum of money on hand. Captain, they wouldn't have heard that from you, would they? Now, take notes now and ask questions later. Okay, so they set up the raid with a gimmick. The gimmick is a tommy gun loaded with blanks, so that if things did go wrong, they couldn't be charged with murder on top of everything else. Now, just a moment, Captain. A lot of these raids, there was a murder. No, Brian. There was one of the gang, Carl Winter, dressed up as a police sergeant and busting in on the action. He was the one who got fired at with the blanks. He was, but what for? Ideal way to intimidate anybody. Make them think some other innocent party just got mowed down. Look into the reports. You'll find the guy they were supposed to have shot down was carried away by the gang on some pretext or other before he could be examined and found completely undamaged. Yeah, I get it. Some gimmick. No wonder police all over the country are wondering why none of their men are missing after those shootings. Say, that took some bright organizing. Uh, never mind that. Just take notes, Brian. You ready? Okay. You know the jewelry store robberies in short throw old man Holden? Well, all those robberies were also pulled by the same gang. I'm afraid you're not going to get a reward because I've already returned the jewels and collected 10% of the value, no questions asked. Well, that's how I financed this company of mine. With the rewards. And the fees from companies that do take your services? Chicken fee. There's half a dozen of us, and it's the rewards that keep us going. You knew where the jewels were going to be hidden. Right. I picked the job, I picked the getaway route, and the hideout. Every time. Then I just spread the word and waited for the right thug to go into action. Remember, I know their modus operandi. I know how they'll think and what they'll do. I set it all up for them. You're talking yourself right into an accessory charge, Captain. You know the law. If you're telling me the truth, I'll have to take you in. Well, something could have gone wrong. An innocent bystander could have been hurt. It never happened, Brian. 
I took every possible precaution. And before you take me in, you have to go along with me for just a couple of hours. First, I want to tell you about 47 other thefts you should know about. I'll give you chapter and verse for each one. And then you and I are going to take a little drive to visit Mr. Jason Spring and his merry band of murdering thugs. Yeah, murderers, Brian. I don't want them put away for just a few years on theft charges. I want them where they belong for as long as they deserve. The scum. Okay, Brian, hold the speed down now. Just around the next bend, there's a sort of small farm. The crops are overgrown and the farmhouse is set well back. That way they're not likely to get any unexpected callers. And the money from the bank rates? It's all in there. If they followed the plan I've leaked to them, there's about seven million of it. Ten percent of that will set you up, Brian. Gee, Captain Trapp. Okay, let me out here. Here? Under the tree. Right there. Yeah. Now, I'm going to walk through these weeds here. There's an overgrown path towards the garage, okay? You keep me covered. You get out that rifle of yours with the telescopic sights and aim at that little door. You see it? In the garage wall there. Uh, the wooden door. I see it. Yeah, it looks like wood. It's steel. So don't bother firing until it's opened. Then put a whole clip into whoever pops out. And shoot fast, because he'll be shooting at me. Captain Trapp, why don't you stay in the car and let me... My eyesight wasn't too good when they retired me. It hasn't got any better. You do as I say, Brian, and good luck. That sure is a brave guy. He don't even crouch into the weeds. Just walks along like he's out for a stroll. Maybe those guys will, will think he's a tourist and let him go by. No. No, he's making straight for that garage. Oh, where's that little door? Yeah. Yeah, I got it right in the crosswires. Uh-huh. The handle. Someone's turning the handle from inside. I can see it through the scope. Captain Trapp, you won't be able to see that with his bad eyesight and all. Door opening. Wide opening. Get down, Captain! Get down! There he is! I got him! I got both of them! Captain Trapp, I got him! Are you okay? I'm coming! Get back, Brian! Reload and stay there! But I, I got them both, Captain! We're in the clear! The two of them were there! Hit the deck! Stay down, Brian. That was Fred Spring from the farmhouse. He doesn't always use blank ammunition. Only when he's faking. You're lucky he only fired at the car. I'll circle around to the side of... Keep down! Try to crawl! Oh, where to crawl too, Brian. He's got the drop on us. You have your revolver? Come out of there with your hands up. Come on, you. No, no, I got no revolver. Just the rifle. Yeah, and you didn't take time to reload it. Gee, I'm sorry. You guys, I'm giving you ten seconds to come out of that week with your hands up. Ten seconds. And then I'm coming in shooting. Figure it's phone, Captain. You better not believe it. Oh, he may have seen only me. I'll go for it. You got three seconds. One. Two. Three. Now you're coming out, I've got a grenade in there. Okay, Spring, I'm giving up. No more shooting. Stay down, Brian. Okay, the other guy. Give it to you. Two of us? No, Jason, you got it wrong. I swear that... <laughs> you pig, Spring! I'll kill you for that. Where'd he get you, Captain? Can you manage? Yes, 
Just fine, Brian. Spring's a dead shot. If he'd meant to kill me, I'd be dead. So he just wants to talk. Yeah, help me to the house. Just a friendly little talk. And Brian, you listen closely. When I say the word, when I call you Malloy instead of Brian, that means I'm gonna jump him. So you better move. Move fast and get him. Oh no, gentlemen. I see no point in knocking you off. You just killed two of my best men, Dingo and Wally. And I need both of you to carry my dough out of here. Seven million dollars makes a lot of mailbags. You won't be getting anywhere, Spring. We've left a complete report on you back at the police headquarters. They'll be out to pick you up when we don't return. You pig! You hit a wounded man, Shut a dying up. man! Stay away from him, Brian. He's a, he's a killer. You won't believe I've got a carbon copy of my report in what? my pocket. With full details of all the reads he's pulled for the past six months. Carbon copy? What, what carbon copy? You're talking through the back of your head. Here! Here, take it! Then you'll have to believe. Stand back, you! All right, let's see now. Hey. Hey, how'd you ever get this list? Every caper. Dates, places, names, amounts. What is this? Talk! Come on! Spring, I'm warning you! Leave him, Brian. Jason Spring, let me make something clear to you. For 20 years, I've known you for the murdering thief you are. For 20 years, I couldn't lay a hand on you because you never left enough evidence to persuade a court of your guilt. But after that 20 years, I left the police force and I was free to trap you. For the past six months, you've been exactly where my report says you were. Doing exactly what it says you did. They'll put you away for life. And my life will be justified at last. You're bluffing. No. Yeah, you're out of your mind. Marcel, maybe Dingo and Wally pulled some jobs and forced me to go along. Yeah. They're dead. They can't say any different. With a clever lawyer, I'll get off with a couple of months as an accomplice. And your life will still be wasted, copper. No, I, I don't think that's right. Do you, Malloy? Hey, get away! Get away! Get away! As soon as he called me Malloy, Captain Trapp jumped Jason Spring. The gangster cut him down. I kicked the gun from his hands and put the handcuffs on him. I was a witness to cold-blooded murder. Captain Trapp's mission in life, luring crooks into crimes that look like pushovers so that they can be caught for the first time with complete evidence on them, is being continued by the other retired officers in his so-called security company. They've found the answer to the frustration of their careers and the boredom of their retirement. And they'll think it all worthwhile if, like the captain, they die with a smile in my arms, collecting their last reward.
High Adventure is produced by Henry Duffenthal.